Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, Big Sam's off then. Moyes has his passport ready and a reality check for Spurs fans as they return home. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's the 20th of May. I'm Jules Freak. I'm Addy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along to the Football Ramble this Thursday. How you doing, Andy? How you doing, Jim? Yeah, good. I like the image of uh, David Moyes with his passport. I mean, he'd have his passport anyway because he'd be going on holiday, wouldn't he, if he's like, you know. Well, I don't know. He might not. He really enjoyed helping out in the community over the lockdown, didn't he? So maybe maybe he won't. Yeah, maybe. Get back into that. Maybe. I'd be packing my suitcase. I'm desperate for a holiday. I'm not yeah, going to lie. Me too. I want to get some sunshine. I want the sun to scold my skin, literally. Yeah. David Moyes looks feeling. like he shares that sentiment. <laughs> yeah. I'd just like to see the sun. Yeah, same. How are you, Jim? You had your little uh, vaccine yesterday. I'm yeah. very jealous. So I've got a sore arm to go Never my thought sore I'd ribs. say I was jealous of someone getting jabbed in the arm, but <laughs> I am. We're through the looking glass now, aren't we? We live in, in opposite land. Yeah, so uh, it's good. Um... I feel very pro Bill Gates, weirdly, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> How does it compare to your usual dead arm that you get from Jules? <laughs> it's not that bad. Right, okay, okay. Thing is, though, is they say that you're meant to be a little bit drowsy the next day, feeling a little bit out of it. So this could be fun for the next half hour. Yeah, it could. So. Yeah. I don't think it'd be <laughs> that different usual, to be honest. So, <laughs> like, oh, no, I accidentally resigned from West Brom <laughs> while I was under the effects. <laughs> but you've uh. been... you've done something quite exciting this week as well as the jab it's been a big week for jim campbell back doing some comedy this week as well yeah that was fun so that was good i mean you know was it good i mean i was i I don't know if it was good but i did some oh i was rusty oh i was rusty but it's it's just nice to get back out there i have faith in you jim i'm sure those 30 people in the crowd loved it yeah that's all that we're allowed in (laughs) better than nothing though eh yeah, absolutely. Feels like we're getting back to normal, seeing fans in the stadiums this yeah. week. Uh, that's been oh, like it's just been so good. that has been so much nicer than I was prepared for. Because really? Because like, well, you know, when you know the fans are coming back in, but it's only a limited number. Yeah. You kind of you, you kind of caveat that, don't you, in, in your own head, mm. and you kind of adjust your expectation. But it's a it's amazing the amount of noise that 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 even a small, like seemingly small amount of people can make. Yeah, Brilliant. I mean, I, it's I, so good. I went to the first game with fans at Plough Lane on Tuesday night, and even though that was a friendly it was it was amazing to finally get people in there because whereas going to plow lane for the first time for the first game there it felt emotional the fact is that when the whistle goes and the game starts it's still just a game with no fans yeah and like that that adrenaline and that feeling 
of your match day routine, I suppose, it all like dissipates quite quickly when the whistle goes and you go, Oi, I'm rare, I'm rare, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. it, it was it was pretty special. The, the bit that got me this week actually was after Chelsea beat Leicester, and when you know when Chelsea went at home and they play one step beyond by madness, mm. you could just hear the fans going, and you know I've I've, I've not got a particular connection with Chelsea. I've got, got mates who support them and stuff, but you know at, at that moment I thought, yes, this is yeah. great. Come on. My moment was, uh, I mean, you knew I was going to mention this at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's taken me, what, uh, three and a half minutes to get there? <laughs> uh, Tuesday, you're lucky it took me that long. Tuesday night, going back to the Amex with fans. And I have been super lucky as a football fan this season to go to the Amex when there haven't been any fans there and be able to watch the team play live. But to go there with 8,000 other fans on Tuesday night and actually hear the crowd... I know we beat Man City, so genuinely the atmosphere was incredible. Yeah. But it did sound like the stadium was full. And the difference between, I think, going to the Amex on Tuesday night and having been at the FA Cup final on Saturday, where there was more fans, but in a bigger stadium, and the way they kind of spaced them out at Wembley, they were kind of clumped together. Whereas at the Amex, they kind of spread everyone out, which meant that the noise sort of bellowed through the whole of the arena. And it just felt... It honestly felt amazing. But there was one moment where I actually sat there and I chuckled to myself because I thought, this is what we've missed. You cannot replicate this with fake crowd noise. You can replicate cheering goals. You can replicate all of that kind of stuff. But when Cancelo got sent off and all the Brighton fans were pointing and going, cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. You cannot (laughs) replicate that. That is what we have missed about football is just all of that kind of stuff as well, as as well as the cheering of the goals and, you know, you know, cheering every tackle, every block. It was, it was absolutely incredible. It was amazing to be back. And I just, I loved every minute of it. I mean, even Kieran Tierney being made the pantomime villain at Palace was, I think that's something players have probably forgotten about. If if every touch is booed and every sort of misplaced (laughs) pass is celebrated (laughs) by the opposition, like it's meant to be like, it's meant to be a bit gladiatorial, you know, and it's great to have that back. It has been so good. Um, And last night, six more matches where we saw home fans at the stadiums and we'll try and get through as many of the games as possible. Let's start off with the Hawthorns though, where West Brom lost 3-1 against West Ham. And the big news kind of coming out of this game was Big Sam's announcement at the end of the match that he is indeed going to be leaving Didn't West see that Brom coming. Yeah. Uh, Didn't see that after coming. After the final game of the season. Did you see that coming, Jim? Yeah. Yeah, I think we all saw that coming, didn't we? It still counts as a relegation on his CV, doesn't it? I and think that like, has to be yeah, it's clarified. Like you do realise, Big Sam, that this does mean you've still been relegated because you were relegated before you decided you were leaving. It's absolutely amazing. All that stuff about being like him being his own man is incredible to me. It's like, I mean... Is it purely ego driven then? Like, if you just want to come in and like save a club and then walk off into the sunset and go, yep, see, I told you I could do it. It's like the clubs themselves don't actually matter to him. And because he said in, in the statement that if he'd stayed on and got them up, they'd only have wanted him to stay on for another year. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. He's quitting because in his head, he skipped ahead to getting them promoted already. Like, the, the, <laughs> the, and, and he can't be bothered to try and keep them up a second time. Like, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And West Brom deserve better than that. And like, if he left the oven on and burned his house down, he would blame the people that built the house and the materials they used. Like, it's <laughs> it's just astonishing. It's astonishing to me. And he, he had all that stuff as well about saying that, you know, he's a short-term guy. 
You know, they want you long-term, he's a short-term guy. And even said in, in, in the BBC post-match interview, it's like, well, you know, that's what you lot say about me, isn't it? I'm, I'm a short-term guy. So on the one hand, he's, he's, he's accusing the media of saying this thing about them. Um, and then he's, he's saying that actually it's true that he is a short-term guy. But in March 2018, when he was at Everton, he said, I know all about Everton and what you have to achieve. I want it to be a long-term appointment. Oh, so something, something's not right there, Sam, is it? <laughs> it's almost like it's all about protecting your ego. The thing is, it's the way he phrased it, isn't it? He said, I'm not long-term and I want long-term. As you said, that's not me. And I haven't been able to get Skepta out of my head since then. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to act like a waste man. Come on. Uh, he's like, you know, I used to I used to wear a West Brom tracksuit, put it all in the bin, because that's not uh, me. Yeah, you know, but, but, you can just see him like trashing it on the way out, yeah. can't you? Right, well, like, get me suit back on now. Yeah. Get me, uh, get, get some Rihanna on. <laughs> what makes me laugh as well is that he has to leave with his sort of, like you say, his ego in check and, and his head held high by, yeah. by kind of coming out with quotes like, it's very generous and I feel very flattered that they wanted me to stay. Not to worry, they've asked me who the successor should be and yeah. I'm happy to offer my opinion on who that could be. Yeah, he also said as well, didn't he, along those lines that like, you know, it's it's for the good of the club for him to, to leave and someone else to come in. And it's like, it's, it's just his manner. I mean, I mean, that's kind of indisputable given the yeah. results, isn't it? And a 16% win percentage at West Brom. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, I, I think he would have expected a bit more in the January transfer window. Yeah. Um, and I said at the time, I felt this transfer market was kind of set up for him because we think of him as someone who can go out there and get players. And because... If there's no money, like the sort of deals that you used to pull off at Bolton in terms of left field signings, loans, short-term contracts, that for me seemed built for this market. But yeah. I, I don't know. Didn't Did he not get the influence or did he simply not get involved? Did he simply say, bring me the players? And it, mm. it never really happened. But, you know, the, the squad never really looked good enough. He didn't make it much better. There was no miracle. No. I mean, you know, a, a lot's been made of the fact that he did get them playing better towards the end of their time which you know when it was done something basically. but it was just it was just just wasn't quite enough was yeah. it mm. what next for big sam then are we going to see him as a pundit on the euros probably actually yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> dreaded it just won't go away really <laughs> <laughs> what club could we see him going to next do you think he will wait for another short term situation be interesting actually this one it because yeah. i mean he he has built this reputation not unreasonably before this as someone who was the guy to go to if you really really needed to get yourself out out of a scrape and will another club take that chance now that he's not got west brom mm. out of this scrape in the future i would imagine they probably will um it's so difficult to say who it will be <laughs> because it, it could be anyone really when it depends who's in trouble it's going to so, be anyone below 15th at any given time <laughs> see, basically what, what i am hearing from you is Palace when their next manager doesn't work oh, out God. halfway through oh, next season. No. Could I? They'll return to Palace. Yeah. Well, we'll come on to Palace in a bit because um, they lost against Arsenal last night. Before that, though, just a quick one on West Ham. Uh, look, David Moyes, I mean, he continues to do it, doesn't he? Getting a win at West Brom last night means they've all but secured themselves a place in Europe yeah. for next season, which is phenomenal as an achievement. I know we've been waxing lyrical about it, this entire season, but they're they're literally just just behind the finish line now. Yeah, and I mean, last season they let's make no bones about it. They nearly went down. 
Yeah, like, they, they were in a, in a lot of trouble. Um, and and he's what a job he's done. It's an absolutely brilliant turnaround. I love as well in, in the post match. He was he was saying, "I really wanted the Champions League, but you know, if we can yeah. get Europe, you know, I'd absolutely take that all day long." And it, they've deserved it. They've been they've been brilliant. Um, be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like at the at, at the the London Stadium when mm. when when everyone gets back in there because obviously it's been a bit of a problem. But now what a crest of a wave to ride. If there was ever a time to like reset that 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 yeah. atmosphere, it's now. So that's. It, it could work so well in their favour. Uh, that, that that's kind of what went wrong for them at the beginning of them getting in the London Stadium, wasn't it? That it was meant to be heralded with European football, and then they got knocked out in the qualifying rounds by Astra. Yeah. And if they'd have had some, you know, European moments, you know, some some great night matches in that first season at the London Stadium, okay, it's not Upton Park, but I think maybe West Ham fans would have been a, a little bit more sympathetic yeah, to it. Of course. Because, you know, when you think about a stadium, and I was talking about Wimbledon fans getting in the stadium, for example, for the first time this week, it's about making... A, being in a new stadium is one thing. Making it home requires some moments, requires mm. memorable moments, memorable nights. And until you get to that point, it never feels like home. Now, I understand for a lot of West Ham fans it will never feel like Upton Park. And I totally understand and yeah. accept that. But it can kind of... It takes time I think though, it, doesn't it? It would, have take, yeah. it, would, it would have taken the edge off it. it mm. Imagine if they'd have had a couple of big European games in that first season. Mm. And if they can come back and have that. And without being patronising to West Ham, it's going to be very hard. But um, Europa League is a lot better for them. Yeah. Because if they qualify for the Champions League, they're, they're, they're struggling against relegation next season. I, I think they, they haven't got the squad to deal with it. But Europa League, I, I think they can do a really good job in. And David Moyes was asked about the Europa Conference League last night as well. And to be fair to him, he was like, look, no one knows what this competition is going to be. It's the first year we're mm. doing it. So you can't really knock it until you've tried it, Andy. And for, mm. for West Ham, of all of the teams that are sort of gunning for those Europa League places, does it suit them the best? Maybe, but they're still going to get in the Europa League. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be down to someone else who's yeah. going to absolutely despise it's it. It's Everton, Spurs and Arsenal in the race to not finish seventh. <laughs> it's really interesting. Like we've joked about that before on the show, like the idea of having a, a particular position you have to avoid, but that appears a to random be the position. attitude from all... Exactly, yeah. Amazing. And it appears to be what's going to happen. You and I were talking about this earlier, Jim. If you look at the players, say that Arsenal have developed in the Europa League. Emil Smith-Rowe is mm -hmm. one of those. Um, and look at the group games that Harry Kane got in the Europa League for Spurs. That was really the platform for yes. him getting into the Spurs first team and forcing his way yeah. into the Premier League team. So I just think it's a matter of looking at it the, the right yeah. way around and seeing what you can get out of it rather than like really complaining what you're stuck with. Mm. I European look forward to you finishing. <laughs> I look forward to you finishing seventh, basically, yeah. basically on Sunday. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, it's bad to happen. That win for Arsenal, three-one at Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park, was Roy Hodgson's final home game in charge of the club, and it was brutal from Arsenal. Where did that come from, oh, Jim? You no, know, we're, we're heartless. We're, we're on the road to the Conference League, Jules, and nothing can stop it. Scoring in the 91st and 95th minute, stealing a victory from the jaws of defeat. Poor old Roy. He thought yeah. he was going to get something in his final home game he looked properly gutted oh, by no. it as well didn't it? it seemed to genuinely undermine um his farewell which gave the people what they wanted so I mean, arsenal that, that, wasn't that, it that, very they want to see his sad face though don't they? yeah i want arsenal to be bastards to be honest <laughs> we've been too nice so i'm all for this is it because of the old school strip do you think uh, well actually i th i like that they're playing in lemon yellow it's it feels lovely. appropriate it's like a sort of kit version of nominative determinism <laughs> you're gonna play like lemons you're gonna look like them <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it, it was actually really satisfying win that to see. You know, God, beautiful ball from Erdegaard. Horrible, Jimmy. <laughs> satisfied at upsetting Roy Hodgson after his 45-year managerial career, well, managing you know. 16 teams, eight. How many different countries? Eight countries. I think he's managing or something. He's the best uh, Premier League manager Palace have had, isn't he? Like, basically, he's got the best record any 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 manager has had there in the Premier League, and I don't think. Um, us winning late on changes that. So get over it, Roy. (laughs) (laughs) There was a fan outside Selhurst Park uh, last night with um, a banner saying thank you to Roy Hodgson in five different languages that he speaks. It's cute, isn't it? That's nice. I didn't know he spoke five languages, old Roy. Yeah, he's a regular brassel. (laughs) Yeah. That's great, being known as the uh, Football Rambles Roy Hodgson. (laughs) I'm going to enjoy that. Thanks. Well, look, Roy does have the chance on his final game in charge of Crystal Palace to actually knock Liverpool out of the Champions League places because they got into the Champions League places last night after their 3-0 win at Turf Moor over Burnley. They currently sit fourth. Leicester have dropped to fifth. This is going right down to it the really wire is. and Roy could have a say in whether his former team plays Champions League next year. Wouldn't that be a twist? <gasps> that would be a twist. Yeah. I don't think he's the sort of person that would take any sort of joy in the schadenfreude of Liverpool missing out. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that we couldn't enjoy it if it happened because <laughs> it would be so funny. It's it would fine. be so funny. It's fine for him to enjoy it inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was um, a lovely couple of goals last night in the Liverpool game as well. Nice one from Firmino. Debut goal for Nat Phillips as well. Yeah. Tried to nick it off Alisson the other day, didn't he? Didn't quite he did. get there, but he got <laughs> this one. And what about... The Ox's goal, that was a great finish, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, nice to really see him good. just like, I just feel like he's constantly coming back from an injury or playing his way back into a t- into the team. And I just, yeah, just nice to see him. Nice to see him on the score sheet and on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Burnley were, were just hard to play against again, though, for Liverpool. The scoreline doesn't really reflect how well they played, particularly in the first half, I think. Chris Wood is such a pest. He is. Just an absolute menace, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he had that chance, didn't he, at nil-nil. Mm. And I, I just, I think what Liverpool did really well in this is they didn't panic when it was hard because yeah. that's the that's the most important thing. They knew their quality would get there in the end and they seemed to to know that at least. But I think that's it. Nerve with Liverpool. It's 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 never it's never talent and it's never been talent at any point this season. I mean obviously we've talked about the injuries, but a lot of the performances, particularly in twenty twenty one, could have been a lot better. Yeah. But now sort of a little bit like a little bit like just what Dortmund have just done in the Bundesliga, actually. They dug themselves a hole where they looked like it was getting impossible to the top four. And when they've got to this point where, like, right, you have to win everything from now on, they're like, oh, okay. That makes it straightforward. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, just yeah. do that. And they've managed to motor on and, and do that. And I, I do think they'll beat Palace on the final day of the season and get there. I think yeah. they probably will too. Leicester need to better Liverpool's result in order to get into the Champions League places now because of Liverpool's better goal difference. I mean, that is the thing. I mean, I, I know you're all very pleased for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, but I was kind of cursing that goal because if Liverpool had won 1-0, <laughs> there would have been a much more interesting thing on the final day of the season because you could have had like Leicester like going to town on Tottenham and it being more of yeah. a goal difference battle. But with Liverpool four in front, that's not really going to happen now, yeah. is it? Yeah. Well, you're hoping for like... Couple of sendings off for Spurs, which you know might happen. They might you're always head. hoping for that. Anyway, <laughs> last day of the season, they they did that against uh, Newcastle that time, didn't they? You never know. And also, we all remember what happened with Crystal Ball. Exactly. So yeah, Crystal Palace. There's a lot of narrative could, going on. They could really surprise Liverpool. When you're talking about 
last day of the season Premier League classics, I always go back to, I'm really sorry Marcus isn't here for this, <laughs> always go back to Sven's Manchester City losing 8-1 at Middlesbrough. Yeah, that was amazing. A, a, a classic of its genre. <laughs> also, Alex Ferguson's last ever game being a 5-all draw with West Brom. Yeah. Like, what happened there? <laughs> last day of the season is always absolutely nuts. Yeah. And it made, mm. so I think I was, um, other than Liverpool fans, I was like super stressed watching the Liverpool game last night because I had Mo Salah as my captain. And if anyone has been following the Football Ramble Fantasy Premier League. Tell us about league. your own title Unreal. race, Jules. Oh my God, this is this is the best title race that we've seen all season. Forget La Liga, Andy. <laughs> this is this is going to the final day between me and Lars. I think there are eight points between us. I needed Mo Salah to do something last night because I captained him and Lars hadn't captained him. So if he'd even got a dodgy assist like Bruno did the night before. I'd be I'd I'd be a good twenty points ahead going into the final day, but now it's eight points and I am. I'm sweating. I'm not going to lie. It, it could go either way. <laughs> I'm just happy that there's something happening on the final day, both in the actual <laughs> Premier League and the fantasy <laughs> Premier League. Just like Absolutely. that something's going to the wire. As long as we're clear, Jim, which is the most important one? Oh, the FPL. Obviously. It's been, it's been more and you more better be rooting for me, boys. Of course. Yeah, we, of course. we're not scared of Lars, so yeah, we're really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we come back. We're going to talk about um, some of the other games last night, including Tottenham, who their fans had an unwelcome return back to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But before that, just to remind you of some other good stuff you can listen to. It's this season's final episode of Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy. And it's out now. She looks back over some of the biggest stories that they've covered across a season that won't be remembered for many goals or games, but actually the strides that have been taken off the field. She speaks to previous guests who update us on the state of head injury protocols, meaningful campaigns to stop social media abuse, and also how policing of fans will change given the recent protests too. You can listen to that now. Just search Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy in your podcast app. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. 
Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. If you're wondering how Ashwood City Football Club dealt with the news of the European Super League, then binge the award-winning mockumentary The Offensive this summer. I think a few of the players are considering taking to social media. No, fucking no. Okay, turn off the fucking Wi-Fi for all I get. Tear down the 4G mark. Patrick, you've got a Zoom call with the other 14 right now. The 14? What? The remaining Premier League clubs. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't want to talk to those fucking losers. Or if you'd rather get stuck into a comedy film podcast, why not check out Clash of the Titles? The podcast where two films with something in common go head-to-head to decide which one is better. Their latest episode saw Red Heat up against Tango and Cash. In both films, I think someone says, where did you learn to drive like that? Which no one ever says in real life. Oh, I had lessons. Uh, but a nice callback. You nan, how's you nan the bars, Matt, are you? <laughs> how many times did you take to pass? You passed first time, what about your written test? <laughs> All that... And a whole lot more at Sakhanov. I read something, uh, some some quote from uh, the worst manager in the history of the Premier League, um, Frank De Boer. <laughs> uh, seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals. Where he was saying that uh, it's not good for Marcus Rashford to have um, a coach like me. If he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose. Because he lost every game. <laughs> I think I miss him already. How uh, long has it been? Months? I don't know. It's not been that long since he got sacked from Spurs and I miss him already, I think. I, I, I once had a Jose Mourinho soundboard that Marker produced ahead of a Classico of all his... Best like quotes. best quotes, yeah. like obviously in Spanish. Must have been but, but they were they were. Excellent. How do you say football heritage in uh, Spanish? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favourites. Yeah, I think Jose at Roma is going to be great. Oh, it's me too. Be a lot of fun to be me had there. I mean, there's there's still this banner at the the they San, the San Siro. Italy, yeah, yeah, there's still yeah. this this banner when Interplay at the San Siro. There's there's one celebrating him, and there's one that simply says zero tituli, which means zero titles, which is what <laughs> he said about Ranieri. Brilliant. Wow. And it's still celebrated 11 years on. Amazing. Um, It's George, Jim and Andy here with you on this Thursday's Ramble. Now it's time for this. You know if you got a email to show and follow around, I'm gonna do it for Spence. I said you got a email to show and follow around, I'm gonna 
<laughs> Bryn Morgan, one of my favourites, that yeah, one. Perfect Thursday vibes, I think. Very enjoyable. Uh, James Reed in Melbourne has been in touch. He says, Pete mentioning the pokes yesterday gave me a brief moment to think about my own underwhelming playing days. My one useful skill was being incredible, incredibly accurate with a toe poke. At free kicks around the attacking area, I would stand near the usual taker and despite being rubbish at free kicks, if the opposition didn't set up their wall quite right, I would would laser it into the bottom <laughs> corner uh, with a toe poke. With a short back lift and speed off the boot, it would be in the net before the opposition knew anything about it. It was good for a goal every now and then until we had to face the same teams in the re- reverse fixtures and they were all aware of that fucking toey bloke. <laughs> so a combination of that and maybe unsurprisingly fracturing my big toe several times finished off my usefulness and playing career. <laughs> yeah, the toe punts dangerous isn't it I mean you do have to say fucking toey bloke yeah. in an Australian you accent yeah. fucking toey bloke <laughs> exactly it's the only way I've ever got you know um, so on the pier in Brighton you know and you've got those like fun fair things and mm. there's yeah. the ones where you put the ball in the hole yes so it's the only way I've ever got the ball in the hole is by toe poking it in really you can't side foot that can you no you've got to toe poke it and I'm terrible by the way at that <laughs> You can imagine, can't you, Andy? You're like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to pictures. think how I, I, I'd approach the game. <laughs> With a toe poke. In, in a similarly incompetent way, I imagine. Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised you don't see footballers punting it more. It's not that they don't do it. It's a bit of a myth that they never do it. But it is so effective. Yeah. Get a lot of power out of those did, toes. Did, uh, but they were right yesterday, the guys. It, it was it was not just that when Ronaldinho did it at Stanford Bridge, it became acceptable to do it. Mm. It was acceptable to do it already. It was acceptable to say it. Yeah. I think after Ronaldinho did it at the bridge. I think that was the <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, We've got one from David Odie here. It says, thinking about results from the last couple of months, and it struck me that Newcastle, Brucey's boys, have had a nice old go at sticking their boot into the race for the top four. I now live in Australia and follow AFL here. I was watching some AFL yesterday. And towards the end what of the regular don't season... you watch, Andy? Well, just for a little break. <laughs> How do you have time? Yeah, you and told us what you watched earlier. It was like the French Cup final, the last day of the Portuguese league. There was another cup final in Italian that, wasn't cup there? final. Italian cup final. Probably a bit of all the Premier in League there, games. AFL. How have you got some AFL in there? I mean, I was was crying at midnight. (laughs) Um, Anyway, towards the end of the regular season in AFL, uh, David says, you get games referred to as eight shapers. These are games which influence who will finish in the top eight and therefore play in the final series. It is often used to refer to teams involved in games who will not be able to finish in the eight, but who will affect who does. So think mid-table mediocrity in April. Newcastle in recent months have beaten West Ham, my team. Leicester, drawn with Liverpool and were some way to go and do the same against Manchester City before they obviously got the message that City had indeed already <laughs> won the league, so stop bothering to win the game. <laughs> Eight shapers, that's great. Eight shapers. Very Aussie. Yeah, I've not heard of that before. We get a lot of Aussie emails, don't we? We do. It's All a great right. nation with, <laughs> with a wonderful interpretation of the language. With lots of fantastic football stories. Yes. Keep your emails coming in, guys. Show at footballramble.com. Or don't forget, you can also tweet us at footballramble. All right, on to some more of last night's games. Let me just wrap up a few of the scores. Everton beat Wolves 1-0, which means they've still got a chance of European football. Uh, Newcastle beat Sheffield United 1-0 at home as well in front of their fans. And Tottenham lost at home last night against Aston Villa by two goals to one. This was not a welcome return for the Spurs fans, Jim, and you are loving it. Yeah, um, (laughs) I I, I feel like I don't want to be too smug about this because I imagine the same thing could well happen on Sunday at the Emirates. But I just feel like a lot's been made of Spurs sort of Spurs fans booing the team off at half time. But I think that, that was more for 
how the season's gone than the actual performance of, been of those. saving it up. Yeah, exactly. And I think there might be a little bit of that on Sunday across the league, actually, from from some frustrated fans because it, it's it, it's all quite emotional, isn't it? <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it's been a, been such a chaotic season for Tottenham. And I think the letter that Daniel Levy sent, sorry, Levy, um, I always get that wrong. Um, <laughs> Same thing. Sent sent around was really interesting because he 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 referenced. Um, that they're going to look to sort of appoint an attacking manager that's more in the sort of the, the Spurs kind of tradition and sort of, you know, they've, they've forgotten the DNA. And like, it makes me think two things like, how toxic is Jose Mourinho that after he leaves, he you, takes you know, a the club's DNA. chairman is ex- exactly <laughs> is sending letters to the fans, kind of, you know, talking about all, all of these things. Or is actually, is Mourinho just a useful scapegoat there? Because, you know, the, the European Super League hasn't, the dust hasn't really settled on that yet, and like no. like so many like 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 so many of the owners, like there was no apology to the fans for that. And I, I, I do I understand why they're frustrated. It cost those Spurs fans sixty quid for that as well, That's which it. is pretty outrageous. So I I, I think I know, they're within their rights to Spurs, register their displeasure. Yeah, I know a Spurs fan who went last night and said that actually at the start the atmosphere was pretty good. Yeah. So before the game, you know, of course you've spent the majority of this season not being able to go and see your team play. So the excitement of getting to go back to that incredible stadium get there and hope that you can at least end the season on a little bit of a high. There's so much speculation about Harry Kane's future, what's going to happen. So, you know, playing against Aston Villa, they probably went with a bit of hope they could get a result in this game. Still finishing in a Europa League place to end the season wouldn't be a a terrible thing for Tottenham. Obviously, they were hoping for more when, you know, they're top of the table, you know, previously this season. But still, to end it at least on a high in these final couple of games, fans back at the stadium an all right atmosphere at the start, but very quickly that got toxic. And by the end of it, it was not pleasant at all by Can what I've I heard. say that it's very Arsenal over the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's a funny thing, isn't it? And I, I, I agree, Jim, it's like a combination of things. It's not just the fact that they started the game well with that Bergwijn goal and then it all went south very quickly. Obviously that plays into it, but... It, it is the Super League stuff. It is the Mourinho stuff. It is the fact that, as Jim says, they're being charged 60 quid. And really, what would it have cost the club to say, you can come in for nothing after the rubbish season we've had? Mm. It's outrageous. And the thing is, they're all stuck at the top of the stadium as well. So they could keep these banners on the bottom, advertising chocolate and saying, oh, well, you know, we love you fans. Well, show them that you love them. Yeah. Don't make a banner about it. Treat them nicely. Don't say the fans are the most important things to us and, and then say, can we have your 60 quid and we're going to shove you at the top of the stadium so you're miles away from the pitch so you don't have to like, interfere with our advertising that we've got in now. It's outrageous. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And then to top all that off, Harry Kane was out on the pitch on his own at the end. Mm. Look, you can you can always read into what you think a player is doing. He was obviously applauding the Tottenham fans who had stuck around at the end of the game. Was it a goodbye? Some people were saying that could have been the last time he plays in front of the Tottenham fans. Yeah, it and could what well be. a sad goodbye that would be if it is, because he has been absolutely incredible for the club. And I don't think that even Spurs fans could begrudge him if he does make a move away this summer. Yeah, it's it's interesting, this isn't it? Because it it I, it might even have to get ugly with the way that you know Spurs are very very good at holding on to their players or certainly getting big fees for them. So be interesting to see how that plays out this, over the summer. But it looks 
you know, when a player comes out and says they want to leave, like it, it only goes one way. I actually have to say, like the news came through on, on Monday and um, looking at looking at that, that all come through. It just um, I actually felt nothing but sympathy for Tottenham fans because it set off a little kind of muscle memory of, of when Fabregas was obviously going to leave or Vieira or Henri, mm. one of those players that is so important to your club and it is an absolute gut punch. And yeah, it's it's not a pleasant thing to experience. I, I do wonder with that, though. for me, this feels like it's got quite strong Steven Gerrard to Chelsea vibes. It's, it's not mm. an easy deal to make by any stretch of the imagination. I think the first part of that is the fact that Kane is never going to go on strike or anything like no. that. It's, it's, it's just not going to happen with the, the kind of guy he is and, and, and the respect he has for the club. Secondly, you're asking for a, a club to spend a lot of money on a fee, even if it's reduced a little bit from what it would have been pre-COVID, signing on fee, wages, et cetera, et cetera, um, to, to bring in someone key in a, in a summer where it's like one of the most difficult summers to do it. I th- I think it, I think it's quite a tough sell. Uh, I, I as you say, Spurs aren't going to give them away as well as well. well. Although, in my opinion, the most sensible thing and I know a couple of people have said this would be for Spurs to sell him and use the money to rebuild the team. Yeah, absolutely. I think they if they do sell him and they get a big fee, they they need to do that. They might even do well to get two strikers, so they don't have the problem they've yeah. had of not yeah. being able to find a, like an yeah. understudy for their talisman. Mm. But I I have a suspicion that a certain Manchester club, the red one. Man United, um, <laughs> Salford. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they might. The, the Glazers might sanction a massive transfer to build some bridges, mm. and I, I think they might overpay if they have to. They might sanction a massive transfer for Michael Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a reveal. Heard it here first. Have to fly him over from Australia. Um, some good banter though uh, from the Spurs fans last night. At one point though, they were singing that Ledley King was better than John Terry, who then turned around and held an imaginary trophy aloft. <laughs> good banter that. that is very good. It's all they can do. I suppose, <laughs> it is isn't all it? they can do. And a massive win. We do have to give credit to Aston Villa as well, yeah. uh, beating Spurs on their home ground with their fans there. That was nice for Dean Smith and his side. Um, and that meant that this season has actually made history because there are 13 more away wins than home wins in the Premier League, 150 to 137. And of course, with only 10 games to go, it means that this Premier League season is the first campaign in the history of England's top four tiers to see more away wins than home wins. Thanks wow. to Opta yeah. Joe for that stat that I saw on Twitter yesterday. It's brilliant, Incredible. isn't it? I mean, we always suspected that, you know, home advantage was a big thing. Like, I don't think there's ever any doubt, but that's so kind of... That's significant. That, that's, yeah. that's such a kind of like small amount either way that you can see it becomes a completely level playing field when there are no fans in. But like, what what motivation for fans to get back in and just be oh. loud and just, be, just you know, Didn't cheer every kick? we beat Man and, City? Yeah. <laughs> and I know they had 10 men, but we beat Man City. I felt that in Everton Wolves. You got a bit yeah. of the Goodison War yeah. again. It 100%. Felt... And yeah. Palace been... fans are amazing yesterday. Yeah. Well. They, they've been one of the key examples of that, Andy, because they've yeah. had one of their worst home campaigns ever, Everton. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah, amazing. Uh, right, let's talk about something fun that's happened. Andy, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because in Argentina, River Plate are down to bare bones in their squad that they had to have a midfielder playing goal yesterday. Yeah, 20 positive COVID tests. So for their Copa Libertadores game against Santa Fe from Colombia, they only had 11 players, no subs. The goalkeeper, I mean, Enzo Perez was quite a player in his time, 35 now and 35 with a hamstring injury and a (laughs) midfielder, not a goalkeeper. He went in goal. They scored twice in the first... 
seven minutes. They won 2-1. He didn't oh. quite get to keep his clean sheet and he got the man of the match award at the end. What was the goal he conceded like? Probably. It, was, it, was, it wasn't his fault, oh, okay, particularly. But it, it was funny. The first time he had to make a catch in the first couple of minutes, this cross kind of looped up and you thought, oh, they're giving him loads of space to catch it. And he jumped like an <laughs> eagle, soared <laughs> through the air and just like patted it out for a corner. Oh. Nice. And then he took that sort of, you know, wide-shouldered, yeah, I'm a goalkeeper. Yeah, me, this is my yard. Stance. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Exactly. Apparently their B-team's goalkeeper was available, but they, they wouldn't sanction it. So yeah, the, the comma wouldn't sanction it. <laughs> the other thing is, when you start in the Libertadores Cup, you do get the opportunity to name, I think, a 50-man squad or a 52-man squad. Well, yeah, you know like how in the Champions League you get a B-list? Yeah, yeah. So you have that because in this Got situation, it. this would have been perfect. So they could bring mm. like the young players in and all the rest of it. They chose to only register, I think, 34. Oh, so, so they that's, kind of deserve that's, it. That's what yeah, they deserve it, basically. That's why they run out of players. But they still, they still won. And that is, of all the amazing things that River Plate have done, winning a Copa Libertadores game with only 11 players, <laughs> with no subs, with a midfielder in goal <laughs> from the start, not because someone got sent off, yeah. that will be part of River Plate legend. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll go down in history, won't it? It's brilliant. Which Arsenal player would you have in goal? outfield player would you have in goal for Arsenal if, if it was a similar situation? Given that we've only got one glorious game left of him, I'd go for David Luiz. Because <laughs> he's quite tall as well. And he likes putting himself about. I, I think, think, I think that should be all right. No. What, what about you, Jules? And you can't say Dan Burn because he's a goal scorer now. Fit, That's he? what I was going to say. Well, there's only one answer, isn't it? <laughs> we be burning. Not concerning what nobody want to say. Dan Burn, baby. It's got to be Dan Burn. Yeah, Six foot four, he can go in goal for yeah. us. Gangly. Bring back knockout. That's what I say. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, right, guys, guess what? We're going to end Thursday's show today with a bit of play your pods, right? And today I am playing host and I am quite excited. Barton might have gone and Trevino did. Why Barton? Well, because he grabbed him by the throat. Well, I just thought that uh, firstly the guys dived. <laughs> Every time. Oh, I love it. So currently the standings are Andy Brassel is currently holding the lead. He has two records that need to be beaten, Jim, here. Uh, He has the record on his own with seven. And he also holds the joint record with me with seven as well. So So seven is the universal number to beat. Seven is the number to beat. Jim, you're working with Andy today as a team. Uh, if you haven't heard player pods right before, then where the hell have you been? Uh, but it's basically higher or lower. So, uh, Jim, Andy, pick a number between one to five to pick the topic for today. You choose two. Number two. Right. So that means we are doing assists. Okay. Okay. okay so number of assists, as always, we're going to start with your friend and mine, Alan Pardew. At the time of recording, he currently has zero Premier League <laughs> assists to his name. And you've now got to guess higher or lower for each player I name, whether they have more or less assists than the one below. So player number one today is Nanny. That's a tough one, isn't it? I think <laughs> Nanny was quite handy. I reckon, I reckon he'll have got more than zero. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for higher. Yeah, yeah, let's go higher. Higher it is. Yes, good start. Yeah, come on. Nanny got 43 assists Way in the Premier League none. in his time. Okay. 43, play- did you say? 43. 43, mm-hmm. right. Uh, the next player is Ashley Cole. I think Ashley Cole would have been higher than that. You think? You think? Because he played for lower. a long time, didn't he? He played a lot of seasons and he was a pretty spectacular 
attacking You are our Ashley Cole expert, so I'll let you take the lead on that. I'm not convinced. No? Higher or lower than 43 assists? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure now. <laughs> I mean, how, how confident are you that it'd be lower than that? Well, I think the maximum assists he's ever going to be getting in a season is something like four or five. I think. True, true. Mm. So maximum, not average. So more than 43. All right. I'm... Look, you're the Ashley Cole expert. I don't, I don't I, want to put I, it all no, on I, you. I, after, I stopped paying attention after a certain point. Um, all right, let's go lower. Final answer? Four. <laughs> the jeopardy there, Jim. Such I, jeopardy. I could feel the pain there because oh. you never want to go against Andy Brassel. No. He's the king exactly. of the game. The, the you problem, don't want the Ashley Cole is... to let you down again. <laughs> <laughs> 43, you're taking a piss. <laughs> You know what? It was 31, so it's quite a bit lower as well. Yeah. Well done, Andy. Well that, done. that would have been us getting the thousand-pound question wrong on Millionaire. Yeah, that would have been, that that would have been, been embarrassing, guys. It's quite difficult for uh, one, one of the lower ones, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Yeah. There we go. So Ashley Cole got 31 assists. Next player, Riyad Mahrez. Higher, you think? I think higher. Yeah. Correct. 45 assists. Up next, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, higher. Higher is correct. 77 assists currently. Here we go. Robin Van Persie. Got to be lower, yeah. Flying through them now, boys. 53 Premier League assists for RBP. Up next, David Beckham. Higher or David lower Beckham than 53? Hmm. Yeah, I think it might be tight, but I think it'll be just higher. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Well done. Go on, Bex. He got 80. Yeah, so just a few more. Quite a just bit one more. or two more. Yeah. Touch and go. He <laughs> was quite good, wasn't he, in retrospect, thinking about it. Turns out. Quite sexy. Um, <laughs> up next, James Milner. Jim, stop talking about David Beckham being sexy. <laughs> Here we go. Up next, James Milner. So what was Beckham's number again? 80, 80 assists. Has, has James Milner got more than 80 assists? He's been playing for a long time. I reckon that might be lower, you know? Yeah, I think so as well. Because you think he's not been a winger for a while now, exactly. has he? What are you going for? Lower. lower. Yeah. Oh! Never doubt you James Milner. Clearly, they need help. <laughs> James Milner got 85 assists oh. so far. And still more to come, you'd expect. Yeah. yeah. 85 assists. Go on, Millie. How so, far in did, what we, did get? we get to? So you got two six. Six correct. <sighs> so you're just behind. I'm quite happy about that. So thank you very much for not beating. Top of all the leagues. Oh, you got six. One off the record, guys. Uh, well done. Still quite a good effort. I thought you were going to go up after Ashley yeah. Cole. That was... I mean, looking back on that, that was mad. So yeah. thanks for talking me out of that, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Too much faith in Ashley Cole. Uh, lovely stuff. That is all from us today. Um, Andy, you're back tomorrow with Marcus and Luke I to am. preview the weekend's games, the final uh, games of this Premier League season. Hasn't it been crazy? It's been a roller coaster, but uh, I'm sure you'll be hearing me and Jim very soon. We'll see you soon. Have a good one, guys. Cheers for listening.
This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.